These dog stories are from a book printed in 1954. I hope you enjoy them. The first one is Golden Queen. Bob lived on a big farm. There were no children to play with, but Bob had a big dog called Golden Queen. Bob and Golden Queen liked to live on a farm. They played together every day. They walked over the fields and in the woods. Once when Bob was lost in a cornfield and the sun went down, Golden Queen found the way out. Everyone has to learn to work on a big farm. Bob helped his father with the work. He learned to help with the corn. He learned to look after the chickens and the sheep and the cows. He learned always to shut the gate to the pasture where Tony, the big black bull, lived. Tony was very big and you could never tell when he would, what he would do. Golden Queen learned to work on the farm too. She went everywhere with Bob. She learned not to walk on the little corn when it first came up. She learned to keep the cats away from the little chickens. Golden Queen could tell which sheep would go first. All of the sheep would go after this one. Golden Queen could take the sheep from the barn to the pasture, and not one sheep would be lost. Every day, Golden Queen would help Bob bring the cows in from the pasture to the milking barn, where Father milked them. Some of the cows would be far away in the pasture when it was time for them to be milked. Golden Queen would run after them. She would bark at them, then the cows would go to the milking barn. But Golden Queen would not have anything to do with Tony, the big black bull with the horns. When Tony saw Golden Queen in his pasture, he would put his head down and run after the big dog. Golden Queen would run as fast as she could, for Tony could kill a dog or a man with his big horns. One day after Bob had put the cows in the milking barn, he saw that the gate to Tony's pasture was open. He went to shut it, for his father had always said that the gate to the pasture where Tony lived must always be shut. But Bob could not shut the gate. He saw that he had to go into the pasture to pull the gate shut. Tony the big black bull saw Bob. He did not want Bob in his pasture. He put his head down. Tony ran at Bob. Golden Queen saw that Tony wanted to kill Bob with his big horns. Bob heard Tony coming at him. He jumped away but fell as he did so. Tony was running right at Bob. Golden Queen saw that she must stop Tony. So she jumped at Tony's legs and bit them again and again. Tony stopped. His legs hurt very much. He wanted to kill that dog that was hurting his legs. So he tried to get at Golden Queen. The big bull could not get at Golden Queen with his horns. The dog bit the bull again and again. Then Golden Queen jumped away before Tony could get her. The big bull gave up and ran away as fast as he could. Golden Queen ran back to Bob to see if he was all right. Father, who had been in the milking barn, came running. He had a big stick, but he did not have to use it. He took Bob into the house to see if he was all right, for Bob had hurt his leg when he fell down. Golden Queen walked right into the house, too. Bob told Mother and Father what Golden Queen had done. Father and Mother both said that if it had not been for Golden Queen, Tony would have been killed, or Tony would have killed Bob. Golden Queen lived to be a very old dog. Whenever father or mother looked at her, they always wanted to thank her for what she had done when Tony, the big black bull, had tried to kill Bob. My name is Peter.
Father said that Peter must go. Bob and Jerry did not know what to do. Peter was their dog, and they loved him very much. One day Peter had come to them in a big wooden box. On the box, in big black letters, the boy read, My name is Peter. I am a good dog. I do not bite. Feed me once a day. Give me water to drink. Keep my bed clean. Thank you. Peter Brown. Peter had come to Bob and Jerry from Uncle Harry. Uncle Harry lived on a big farm. Bob and Jerry got Peter out of the box. He was just a puppy. Peter was happy to get out of that box, for he had been five long days riding on the train. The men on the train had been good to Peter, but he was happy to see the two little boys. He was happy to run and to play with them. The boys were so happy that they jumped up and down. The puppy jumped up and down, too. He wagged his tail and barked his baby bark. But when Father saw Peter, he said, "'Goodness me, what will we do with a dog in town?' Father had never had a dog when he was a little boy. Father did not like dogs, but Father looked at Peter, and Peter wagged his tail. For the first time, Father liked a dog, but he did not say so right away. "'Oh, Father,' said Bob, "'please let us keep Peter. Jerry and I will take good care of him. We will give him water to drink.' We will feed him every day. We will make him a good bed. We will wash him and keep him clean. Peter will make a good watchdog, said Jerry. See what big paws he has. When we are away at school, he will look after Mother. Every boy must have a dog, said Mother. I think this puppy will grow up to be a good dog for Bob and Jerry. Father looked at the puppy, then Father looked at Bob and Jerry. Never had Bob and Jerry wanted anything so much as they wanted to keep that puppy. Well, said Father, you may keep the puppy if you will look after him. He will have to learn many things. He will have to learn to be a good dog. And that is how Peter Brown came to live with Bob and Jerry. Peter and the Funny Smell Bob and Jerry took good care of Peter. They gave Peter his food once a day. They gave him water to drink. They made him a bed out of a box. They played with him every day, and Peter grew. Peter heard just when Bob and Jerry got home from school, and he always wanted to play with them. Peter's bark grew. It was a big bark now. Peter's tail grew, and he wagged it and wagged it. Peter's teeth grew, and he chewed and he chewed. He chewed the legs of the chairs. He chewed the legs of the tables. Then he chewed one of Father's new shoes. Father said that Peter must go. A town was no place for a dog like Peter. It would be best if Peter lived on a big farm. Bob and Jerry did not know what to do. They gave Peter some water to drink. They gave him some food. They put him to bed in his box. Peter Brown was very happy. He went to sleep. Bob and Jerry went to bed. They did not say anything, but they did not go to sleep right away, for they were very unhappy. In the night, Peter woke up. His nose hurt. He got out of his box, and he walked all around. He smelled a funny smell. It made his nose hurt very much. Peter barked and barked. He wanted Bob and Jerry to come and get him. But Bob and Jerry did not come. Peter wanted to go to Bob and Jerry, so Peter pushed on the door. He pushed and he pushed and he pushed. He pushed the door open. Peter barked and barked, but no one heard. Peter barking, 
Father and mother and Bob and Jerry were fast asleep. Peter ran to the boy's room. He jumped up on the bed. Bob woke up. He smelled the funny smell. He called to Jerry. Jerry woke up and smelled the funny smell. It was smoke. They ran to father's room. Get up, father, cried Bob. Get up. The house is on fire, cried Jerry. The house is on fire. And Peter barked and barked. Father smelled the smoke. He ran and called up the fireman. The fireman came and put out the fire in the house. One of the firemen said to father, You had better thank that dog for getting you up. Yes, that is a very good dog, said father. Is Peter our dog for keeps us, Bob and Jerry? Yes, he is, said father. Peter jumped up on father and barked his big bark and wagged his big tail. Good dog, said father. Peter will always take good care of us, said mother. Bob and Jerry were very happy, for Peter was now their dog for keeps. Funny. Funny was Marianne's dog, and Marianne was only three years old. One day, when Marianne was only two years old, father gave her a puppy. It was long and had reddish hair, a long nose, and a long tail. Father put the puppy on the floor. Then Marianne saw that it had four little short legs. Marianne jumped up and down and laughed and laughed. Funny, funny doggy, she cried. And that was how Funny got his name. Funny did not grow very big. He loved Marianne and wanted to be with her always. Marianne had a playhouse in the backyard. Marianne would play that she was the mother and that Funny was her little baby. She would put Funny to sleep in the doll bed. He liked to sleep there. One day Marianne and Funny had been playing house in the backyard. Funny had been asleep in the doll bed. Then Funny woke up. He could not hear Marianne laughing and talking to herself. Where is Marianne? Funny ran out of the playhouse and looked all around the yard. He did not find Marianne. Then he saw that the gate to the backyard was open. Mother always shut the gate to the backyard when Marianne was playing. Funny ran out of the gate. Funny looked up and down the street. He did not see Marianne. Down the street was a woods with big trees. Funny ran down the street to the woods. He could see Marianne playing in the woods. Funny ran up to Marianne and took hold of her blue dress with his teeth. He pulled and pulled to try to tell her that she must go with him. To Marianne, this was a new kind of game. She would not go with Funny. She ran away and went behind a tree. Funny ran after Marianne and barked. Marianne laughed and ran behind a tree again. This was the best game that she and Funny had ever played together. Marianne ran from tree to tree. Soon Marianne and Funny were far into the woods. Again and again, Funny took hold of Marianne's dress with his teeth. He pulled and pulled. He tried to get her to go with him, but Marianne only laughed and pulled away. Funny did not know what to do. If he went back to get help, Marianne would be lost. The best that he could do was to stay with Marianne. Pretty soon, Marianne got very sleepy. She had been playing in the woods a long time. Marianne found some grass under a big tree and went to sleep. Funny was right by her, but he did not shut his eyes. He must watch so that nothing would hurt Marianne. A squirrel came down from a tree and looked at Marianne. 
Funny barked and the squirrel ran away. A rabbit came out from behind a tree and Funny barked again. The rabbit ran away. Funny would have liked to run after the rabbit, but he knew he must not go away from Marianne. Funny would not let himself go to sleep. Little Marianne was asleep just as if she were in her own bed at home. Just as Funny could not keep his eyes open any longer, he heard something in the woods. Then he heard a man calling, Marianne! Marianne! Funny barked and barked. Then the man called, Funny! Funny, come here! But Funny did not go. He just barked and barked. Funny could tell that there were many men in the woods. They called, Funny! Funny, come here! But Funny did not go away from Marianne. He just barked and barked. Then Funny heard Father calling. Funny, Funny, where are you? Where are you, Marianne? Funny ran to Father, barking and barking. Then he ran back to Marianne, and Father found Marianne asleep under the tree. Good dog, Funny, said Father. If it had not been for you, we would not have found Marianne. Father took Marianne in his arms and carried her. She opened her eyes and said, Funny and Marianne played a new game with the trees, and then she went right to sleep again. Poor little Funny could not walk fast on his short legs. One of the men with Father took Funny up in his arms and carried him. He said to Father, This dog is not very big, but he is a very brave little dog. Funny did not know what a brave dog was. He saw that Marianne was all right, and so he went to sleep. Big Red Big Red lived at Firehouse 66. He was called the Fire Dog, and all the firemen liked him. Whenever the fire truck went to a fire, Big Red was always sitting by the driver. Big Red was a good fire dog. He would stay with the firemen. He would keep boys and girls away from the fire so that they would not get hurt. When the fire was out, he jumped on the truck. He sat by the driver for his ride back to Firehouse 66. At the last fire, Big Red went right into the burning house. He barked to let the firemen know that someone was in the house. They went into the house and found a little girl overcome with smoke. Big Red was a brave dog to go right into the fire, but he had burned himself so badly that one of the firemen had taken him out and taken him to the doctor. The doctor said that the fireman must take good care of Big Red so that he would get well. The firemen were just sitting down to their dinner when the fire bell rang in Firehouse 66. The firemen got up and ran to their places. Big Red thought he must go to the fire too. He got up by the driver of the truck. Big Red, said the driver, you cannot go with us today. We must take care of you because you got hurt in the last fire. Get down. You have to stay in the firehouse today. Big Red got down off the truck. He was not at all happy. He did not want know why the firemen would not let him go to the fire with them. He saw the big truck go down the street and then he went back into the firehouse. There was only one man left in the firehouse and he stayed in the office. When everything was out of the firehouse, out of firehouse 66, it looked very big. Big Red walked all around. He did not like to stay in the firehouse by himself. There was nothing for him to do.
he was lonesome. At first he thought that he would go to his box and go to sleep. Then Big Red smelled something. It smelled very good. It smelled like meat. Big Red thought that he would go and find out what smelled so good. All this time the firemen were putting out a fire at a store. It was just a little fire. It did not take the firemen long to put it out. Then the firemen came back to the firehouse. The big truck was the first to get back. As the driver backed the truck into the firehouse, he saw Big Red. Big Red looked very happy. Hello, Big Red, called the driver. You don't look lonesome at all. You look happy. Big Red wagged his tail. He watched all the firemen come back to the firehouse 66. He just sat and wagged his tail. He looked very, very happy. When all the firemen were back in firehouse 66, they went back to their dinner. Then there were 10 plates on the long table. When the firemen had jumped up from the table to go to the fire, there had been some meat on every one of the 10 plates. Now there were only two plates that had any meat on them. <laughs> the firemen looked at Big Red and Big Red just sat and looked at the firemen and wagged his tail. The meat had been very good. Now when the bell rings in Firehouse 66, the men look to see if Big Red is sitting by the driver of the truck. They do not want the dog to stay behind in the firehouse. The time Big Red stayed behind in the firehouse, the firemen had very little to eat when they got back from the fire. Bunny and Bunko. Bunny was a little girl and Bunko was her dog. Every day you could see Bunny and Bunko out walking. Sometimes they would be going to the store to get some bread for mother. Sometimes they would just be taking a walk together. Bunko always took very good care of Bunny. He was very careful when they came to streets. Bunny must not get hurt. When Daddy went away to war, he had given Bunny a little brown puppy. The puppy's name is Bunko, said Daddy. Take good care of this puppy and he will take care of you. Mother was happy to have Bunko too, for it was very lonesome without Daddy. The brown puppy grew to be a big brown dog. He came to know that he was to look after Mother and Bunny. At first, Bunko barked and barked at the mailman, but he learned that Mother was very happy to see the mailman. She would laugh when the mailman had a letter from Daddy. Then Bunko barked and barked at the milkman, but he soon learned that the milkman came every day with milk. Bunny would give him some milk, and Bunko liked milk. But there was one man that did not come every day. Mother told Bunko that this man was all right. This man would come right into the house. He looked at something and put something in a book that he carried. Bunko did not know what to make of this man. He barked and barked and barked at him. The man only laughed and said, You are a good watchdog. Bunko is the best watchdog that ever lived, said Bunny. He looks after Mother and after me when Daddy is away at war. As Bunko grew older, he learned not to bark at friends. When someone came to the house, Mother would say, Bunko, this is one of my friends. And Bunko would know that he was not to bark. He never barked at the children that Bunny played with. They all loved Bunko and they had many good times playing together. But one night, Bunko was asleep in the living room where Mother let him have his bed. Mother and Bunny were asleep in the bedroom. In his sleep, Bunko heard a noise. Bunko woke up. He heard someone coming up the walk to the door. 
He went to the door and gave a little bark. He knew that someone was by the door, but that someone was very quiet. Then Bunko heard someone walking around the house. Then he heard someone at the back door. Bunko ran to the back door. Someone tried to open the door. Bunko jumped at the door and barked. This was no friend. Friends came in the daytime. This was someone who was trying to get into the house in the night. Bunko was not going to let anyone get into the house and hurt Mother and Bunny. Now he heard a noise at a window. Someone was trying to open a window. Bunko ran and jumped up at the window. He could see a man, and this man was no friend. The man went away from the window. Bunko could hear him walking around the house. Then Bunko heard the doorbell ring. Bunko ran to the door and barked. Pretty soon, Mother came out of the bedroom looking very sleepy, and Bunny came out of her room looking very sleepy, too. Bunko, Bunko, said Mother. Who is at the door at this time of night? Bunko barked and barked. He tried to tell her that a man wanted to get into the house. Mother opened the door. Bunko tried to jump at the man, but Mother put her arms around the man and started to laugh and cry all at the same time. Bunny jumped up and down and cried, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. Bunko had not seen Daddy for over a year, but he saw that this man must be a friend because Bunny and Mother were so happy to see him. You have a good watchdog, said Daddy. I could not get into my own house. You should not come in the nighttime without letting us know, said Mother. I got a ride on an airplane and I did not have time to let you know, said Father. I wanted to surprise you. But you forgot about Bunko, said Bunny. You forgot Bunko was looking after Mother and me when you were away at war. Everyone was so happy that Bunko did not want to bark at all. He just sat and wagged his tail. Red Lady Mrs. Curtis did not like dogs, and so when Mr. Curtis came home with Red Lady, she was not very happy about it. Little Harry is growing up and he must have a dog, said Mr. Curtis. Little Harry is only three, said Mrs. Curtis. What would he want with a big dog? Red Lady and Little Harry can grow up together, said Mr. Curtis. They will be friends. Every boy must have a dog for a friend. Well, said Mrs. Curtis, you will have to make a dog house. Red Lady will have to live in the backyard. I cannot have a big dog in the house. In the daytime, Red Lady played with Little Harry on the grass in the backyard. They played ball, they played at fighting, but never once did Red Lady shut her teeth and bite Little Harry. And when Little Harry went to sleep in the grass, Red Lady went to sleep at his feet. But at night, when Mrs. Curtis put Little Harry to bed, Red Lady went to sleep in the doghouse out in the backyard. One day, Mr. Curtis came home very happy. In three days, we can go on our vacation, he said. Good, said Mrs. Curtis. Are we going to take to the lake again? Yes, said Mr. Curtis. I have taken a house right by the lake. Who will look after Red Lady for us when we are away, asked Mrs. Curtis. We shall take Red Lady with us, said Mr. Curtis. I don't think that I will like to have Red Lady on our vacation, said Mrs. Curtis. Red Lady will play with little Harry. She will help you to look after him, said Mr. Curtis. The day came for Mr. and Mrs. Curtis and little Harry to drive to the lake. Red Lady watched everything. She knew little Harry was going away. 
red lady was very unhappy. She went out in the backyard and went into the doghouse. Then she heard Mr. Curtis calling. Red lady, red lady, come here. Red lady ran around the house, her head up and her tail wagging. Mr. Curtis opened the door to the car. Get in, red lady, he said. You are going on a vacation too. Red lady was a very happy dog. She and little Harry sat together in the car. Pretty soon red lady went to sleep. It was a long ride to the lake, and little Harry went to sleep too, with his head on red lady. Little Harry and red lady played together at the lake. They played in the woods, and they played in the water, and always red lady watched little Harry so that he would not get hurt. Right before the house at the lake was a dock, which went out into the water. Mr. Curtis got into his boat at the dock and went fishing. Mrs. Curtis was sitting in a chair watching Mr. Curtis go out on the lake. Little Harry and Red Lady were playing together. They were playing a game of see if you can find me. Little Harry would go behind a tree and then Red Lady would run and find him. The little boy and the big red dog thought that see if you can find me was a good game. Mrs. Curtis went in the house to get something. Then little Harry got tired of playing see if you can find me. He wanted to play on the dock. He ran down to the water and out onto the dock. Red Lady ran right after him, for she knew that little Harry must not run out on the dock. Red Lady barked and barked. Little Harry ran right on. Then he slipped on the dock and fell right into the water. At once, Red Lady jumped into the water. She took hold of little Harry to keep his head out of the water. Then she started to swim. Mrs. Curtis heard Red Lady barking. She came out of the house. Mrs. Curtis looked around and she did not see little Harry or Red Lady anywhere. Then Mrs. Curtis ran to the dock as fast as she could run. Mrs. Curtis saw Red Lady swimming with little Harry. The dog was bringing the little boy out of the water. Mr. Curtis had come back from the lake when he saw little Harry slip on the dock. He helped Red Lady get little Harry out of the water. He was holding the little boy in his arms. Mrs. Curtis was laughing and crying together. She had the great big wet dog in her arms and she was as wet as little Harry and Red Lady was trying to tell her that everything was all right. I'm so happy that Red Lady came with us on our vacation, said Mrs. Curtis. From that time on, Red Lady never went to sleep in a doghouse again. She always went to sleep right by little Harry's bed and Red Lady was very happy. Tootsie. All five of the children loved Tootsie, but Tootsie loved Mother best of all. When Mother read, Tootsie would sit by her chair. When Mother was working, Tootsie would be with her. At dinner time, she would go to sleep under the table by Mother's chair. And at night, Tootsie would sleep in her basket right by Mother's bed. Tootsie's hair was all white. She was a very pretty dog. She had learned to do many things. She could sit up. She could walk on her back legs. She would run after a ball and bring it back. When mother and father and the five children went on a vacation, Tootsie went with them. One day, everyone in the car was very hot. Father stopped the car just before they came to a town by a big, big river. Everyone had a cold drink and Tootsie had a drink too. Then father drove through the town and over a long bridge that was over the river. The man at the bridge asked for a dollar to let father drive over the bridge. As father was driving, 
After they were over the bridge, Mother said, Where is Tootsie? Father drove off the road and stopped. No one could find Tootsie. Tootsie was not in the car. Eleanor said, When we stopped for a drink, Tootsie got out of the car. I gave her a drink of water. John said, Tootsie and I were playing with a stick, but she stopped playing with me and ran over to where Marguerite was sitting on the grass. Marguerite said, I was drawing a picture and I did not see Tootsie. Catherine said, When we got back into the car, I did not look to see if Tootsie got back into the car with us. I was to see that Tootsie was always in the car when we started to drive. Mother, this time I forgot about Tootsie. Edward said, Tootsie is lost and we must go back and find her. Father turned the car around. He drove back over the bridge and again he had to give the man a dollar to go over the bridge. He drove through the town and stopped where they had had the cold drinks. But no Tootsie was there. The children got out of the car. They asked everyone, did you see a little white dog? One little boy said that he had seen a little white dog running down the street after a car. Little Tootsie could not run very fast. She could not keep up with a car. One man said that there had been a little white dog sitting under the tree by the road right where the car had been. But no Tootsie was sitting under the tree now. Someone had seen a little white dog running up the road to a farmhouse. Edward went with the little boy down the street that went into the town. Catherine and Marguerite started up the road away from the town to the farmhouse. Eleanor and John walked up and down the streets calling, Tootsie! Tootsie! The little white dog could not be found. Mother and father sat in the car and waited. Mother thought that they would never see Tootsie again. Pretty soon Eleanor and John came back to the car. They had not found Tootsie, and they had not found anyone who had seen a little white dog. Eleanor was crying because she said that she could would never see that little white dog again. Then John saw Marguerite and Catherine coming down the road. Marguerite was calling out and jumping up and down, and Catherine was carrying a little white dog in her arms. We found Tootsie, called Marguerite. She went to the farmhouse to find someone to look after her. Tootsie was so happy to be with her family again. She went to sleep in Mother's arms. We will never let Tootsie get lost again, said Catherine. Well, said Father, it is time we were getting started. We have a long ride ahead of us. Where's Edward, asked Mother. He went into the town looking for Tootsie, said John. A little boy had seen a little white dog running after a car. Oh, dear, said Mother. In the town, Edward will get lost. Does he know the name of the street where we are? There's nothing to do, said Father, but wait and see if Edward can find his way back to the car. And so everyone waited and waited. Tootsie was asleep, for she was a very tired little dog. When Tootsie had seen her family drive away in the car, she had tried to go after the car. She had run down the street as fast as she could go, but the car was soon far away. Then she had come back and sat under the tree where the car had been, and she waited a long time, but her family did not come to her. Tootsie had to do something to find her family. She started to run up the road to the farmhouse. She thought that someone at the house would help her, and Marguerite and Catherine had found her at the farmhouse. Now everything was all right for Tootsie, but everything was not all right for the family. 
Edward did not come back to the car. What shall we do? asked Mother. Maybe Edward is lost in the town and can't find his way back to the car. We will give him just a little longer, said Father. If he does not come soon, we will have to ask the police to help us find him. After a time, Edward came running back to the car. I did not find Tootsie, he said. Many children in the town told me that they had seen a little white dog running down the street. And after I had been going a long time, the children told me they had seen a little white dog running this way. I think that Tootsie must have been coming back here. Then he saw Tootsie sleeping in Mother's arms. I'm so glad that Tootsie found her way back, said Edward. And I am so glad you found your way back too, said Father. We were going to ask the police to find you. Everyone got into the car and everyone looked to see if Tootsie was in the car too. Father drove through the town and over the bridge. He gave the man on the bridge a dollar to go over the bridge again. Three times in one day, Father had given the man on that bridge a dollar. Tootsie said, Father, I think of all that money we have had to give the man to ride over the bridge, but now we are together again, and we are happy. Duke and Queenie Duke was a very big dog. He lived with Mr. Byron in a beautiful house, and Duke tried to look after everything about this beautiful house. He tried to look after everything in the yard, too. He would walk around looking to see that all the chickens were in the chicken yard and that all the horses were in the pasture. He would watch anyone that came to the house to see if they were friends. He was such a big dog that one growl could make anyone who was not a friend go away. One day, Mrs. Byron went to see a friend, and when she came back, she had with her a little dog named Queenie. How Mr. Byron laughed when he saw Queenie, for Queenie was not much bigger than Mr. Byron's two hands. Queenie was a happy little dog. She ran a house, ran the house, putting her nose into everything. Everyone loved Queenie. That is, everyone, except Duke. At first, Duke would not look at Queenie. Queenie would bark her little bark and play around Duke's feet. She would sometimes try to bite him, but Duke would not look at Queenie. Then Queenie would bark and bark, but she could not get Duke, Duke to look at her. Duke would get tired of all this noise at his feet. Then he would growl. Queenie would run away. Maybe she was afraid, or maybe she was just playing. Mrs. Byron was afraid that Duke would hurt Queenie. Mr. Byron knew that Duke would not hurt anything that was in the house or the yard. But Mr. Byron would say to Mrs. Byron, Yes, you are going to have to be very careful with Queenie. One of these days, Duke will take a big bite and there will be no Queenie. Then one day, Mr. and Mrs. Byron wanted to take a vacation. They were going to be away a long time. Some friends were coming to live in their beautiful house. These friends said that they would take care of Queenie. But they were afraid of Duke because he was a very big dog. And so Mr. Byron took Duke to some friends of his that lived down the road. Duke was very unhappy in his new home. Mr. Adams tied Duke so that he would not run away. All day, Duke lay with his head on his paws. When Mrs. Adams gave Duke a dish of food, Duke would not eat. One day, Mrs. Adams did not tie him and tried to get him to play with a stick, but Duke just lay with his head on his paws and would not play. Just then, Mrs. Adams was called into the house. At once, Duke jumped up and ran away. 
Mr. and Mrs. Adams could not find Duke anywhere. They got into their car and went to Mr. Byron's house. Queenie was happy to see them. She jumped all about and barked and barked her little bark, but no one had seen Duke. Mr. and Mrs. Adams did not know what to do. They told Mr. Byron that they would take good care of Duke. In the morning, Mr. and Mrs. Adams went back to Mr. Byron's house again to see if Duke had come back. But this time there was no Queenie to bark at them. And no one had seen Duke. Everyone said that Queenie and Duke had both run away. Two days went by. Then as Mrs. Adams went out to get the mail from the box, she saw a very big dog coming down the road. It was Duke. He was carrying Queenie in his teeth just like a mother cat carries her kitten. Duke put Queenie down at Mrs. Adams' feet. Then he showed in every way that he could, could that he wanted Queenie to be with him. He showed Queenie his water dish and his bed. He ran to Mrs. Adams again and looked up at her as much as to say, Please give us something to eat. Mrs. Adams liked dogs, and she could tell what Duke wanted to say. She gave the dogs a dish of bread and milk, and she found a small box for Queenie to sleep in. And now Duke was happy. Then Mrs. Adams went to write a letter to Mrs. Byron and told her about Duke and Queenie. She said that she would keep both of the dogs at her house because Duke would not eat if Queenie was not with him. From that time on, Duke and Queenie were always together. They played together and they went to sleep together. It was a funny thing to see a very big dog trying to play with a very little dog. Queenie learned to ride on Duke's back, but when Duke wanted to get Queenie somewhere, he would take her in his teeth and carry her like the mother cat carries a kitten. And never once did Duke hurt Queenie in any way. Teddy. When Teddy came to his new home, all the children were fast asleep. The children were not little boys and girls. They were big boys and girls going to school. But they all loved dogs. It was nighttime, but Mother got them up because she knew they would want to see the new puppy. Teddy was very little. He was like a round ball and he had beautiful red hair. He had big brown eyes. When Teddy started to play with you, the brown eyes were full of fun. The children loved Teddy right away. They said he was the most beautiful little puppy they had ever seen. Teddy knew that he would like his new home. Teddy loved all the children, but he loved the two boys, Edward and John, the best. That first night, he went to sleep in John's arms. All the family were afraid that Teddy would be lost. Father went to the store and got Teddy a little collar and a long chain. The girls put the collar on Teddy. They hooked the chain to the collar, then they took Teddy for a walk. Teddy had a good time on his first walk in the city, but Teddy had to learn many new things on his first walk in the city. Teddy had to learn that little puppies must not go into the street. The street was full of cars that would hurt little puppies. Teddy had to learn that he must follow just the one who was taking him for a walk. Teddy did his best to please, but one thing Teddy did not learn that first day, and that was to come when his name was called. When he lived with his mother in the barn on the farm, no one had ever called him Teddy. He did not know that Teddy was the new name John had given him. When Teddy got home from his first walk, he was a very tired little puppy. He went to sleep in his new bed that Edward and John had made out of a box. 
After a long time, he woke up. He cried a little because at first he did not know where he was. No one came to him, and so he cried again, but no one came. Then he cried and cried. He heard a door open. Edward said, Are you lonesome, little puppy? Because the family is not at home. Teddy jumped and jumped. He barked his baby bark. He was so happy to see Edward. Edward sat down on the floor and played with Teddy. Then he said, Little puppy, I think that you want some milk. Edward got some milk and warmed it. He put a paper on the floor and he put a dish of milk on the paper. Teddy liked the warm milk very much. And now, Teddy, said Edward, I will take you for a walk. I will take you to the park where you can run around on the green grass. Edward got the chain and hooked it onto Teddy's collar. He started up the street with the little puppy following him. They walked and they walked. Pretty soon they came to a park. There were trees and a beautiful green and beautiful green grass all around. Teddy was very happy. This was just like his old home. He wanted to run and run and run, but he could not run far. The chain made him fall over on his little nose, and so Edward took the chain from Teddy's collar. Teddy was just as happy as a little puppy could be. He ran and ran with his nose down, smelling the good smells in the grass. Before long, Teddy was over the hill. Edward could not see him. Edward called, Teddy! Teddy! Come here! Teddy! Teddy! But Teddy did not know his name. He just ran on and on and smelled the good smells in the grass. By now the sun was going down and it was getting dark. Teddy did not come when he was called. Edward could not see the red puppy. Soon it was dark in the park. Edward called and called Teddy. Edward knew that he must find the puppy. Who would help him find Teddy? At last, Edward went to the police station and told the policeman how he had lost a very little red puppy in the park. Would the police please help him find the little puppy? He told the policeman just what Teddy looked like and just how big he was. The policeman said that all of the police cars would look out for a little red puppy who was lost. Then Edward went to the radio station and talked to the man there. He told him that a little red puppy had been lost in the park. And the man at the radio station told everyone over the radio to be on the lookout for a little red puppy who was lost. That was all Edward could think of to do to find the lost puppy. It was very dark now and he must go home and tell the family about Teddy. The family were afraid that they would never see their little red puppy again. Father called up the police station. But no policeman had heard that a lost red puppy had been found. Mother called up the radio station, but no one had told the radio station that a lost red puppy had been found. The family went to bed and the girls cried a little before they went to sleep. Now what did the little red puppy do in the park? The little red puppy ran and ran and smelled and smelled. He got very tired and so he just went to sleep under a tree. When he woke up, it was very dark. Teddy cried a little because he was lonesome. It was very dark and he could not see anything, but he could smell. Teddy could smell where he had run around in the grass. Pretty soon he smelled another smell. He could smell where Edward had been walking. Edward had given Teddy some warm milk. Teddy wanted some more warm milk. He wanted to find Edward. 
smelling every bit of the way Teddy followed Edward. It took a long, long time for a little puppy to smell his way back to his new home. But after a long time, he came to the house. It was the right house because his nose told him that Edward had gone in the door. Teddy barked his baby bark and cried and cried. He cried and cried again and again. Edward had not been sleeping very well. He woke up and he heard a puppy crying. Then he heard a little puppy crying again and again. Edward jumped out of bed and ran to the door. When he opened the door, there was a tired little red puppy. He looked up at Edward as if to say, Where have you been? Why did you take so long to come and open this door and let me in? Teddy lived to be an old, old dog. He loved his family very much, but he loved the boys, John and Edward, the best of all. Chief, a fire dog. At one time, in every firehouse, there lived a fire dog. The fire dog ran to every fire, and at night he went to sleep in the room with the firemen. Mr. Joe Murphy had been a fireman, but now he was an old white-haired man. He lived in a little house by the sea, and with him lived his old fire dog, Chief. Mr. Murphy and Chief took long walks in the sun. They looked out over the sea, and sometimes they would think of fires they had helped to put out in the big city. One day a big wind came up over the sea. The wind blew and blew. The wind blew down trees. The wind blew the sea water right down the streets. Many houses were full of water. There were no lights anywhere. Mr. Murphy and Chief sat in their little house. The wind blew all around them. The sea water was right at their door. Chief would cry and look at Mr. Murphy. It's all right, Chief, old boy, said Mr. Murphy. The wind will stop pretty soon. We have a good little house. Nothing is going to hurt us. Then Chief would go to sleep at Mr. Murphy's feet. As night came on, the wind went down. Mr. Murphy found two candles and lighted them. It was cold in the little house. Chief said, Mr. Murphy, I think that we have an old oil heater. How Now we must use it to keep us warm. Mr. Murphy found the old oil heater. He found that there was some oil in it. He lighted the old oil heater and put it by his chair. Then he sat down and tried to read a book by the light of the two candles. Mr. Murphy found that his eyes grew very tired because the candles did not give much light. He stopped reading. Soon he was fast asleep in his chair. Mr. Murphy heard Chief barking. Sleepily, he said, quiet, Chief, quiet. Chief did not stop barking. He barked and barked. He took hold of Mr. Murphy's coat and he pulled and pulled. Then Mr. Murphy woke up with a start. He smelled smoke. He opened his eyes and saw that he had pushed the oil burner over in his sleep. The oil had gone all over the floor. The oil was burning there and making a black smoke. Mr. Murphy had been a fireman. He knew just what to do to put out a fire. Before long, the fire was out. But if Chief had not barked and made Mr. Murphy wake up, the little house by the sea would have burned up. And maybe Mr. Murphy and Chief would have burned up too. Sherdloo. Sherdloo is a very funny name for a dog, and I don't think there has ever before been a dog named Sherdloo. But this is how Sherdloo got her name. It was a cold day. The cold wind blew the snow up and down the streets of the town. An unhappy-looking dog came into the office of the newspaper. She was a friendly dog, and the men in the office liked her. 
They gave her something to eat and let her sleep in the office. The snow fell and fell, and it was very cold. The men could not put the dog out into the cold. The men made her a warm bed in a big box. The dog made friends with everyone. She did not get in anyone's way. The men liked the dog and let her stay on in the office of the newspaper, and the dog liked her new home very much. But the men did not know what to name their new dog. She was a newspaper dog, and they wanted a newspaper name for her. Then one of the men wrote the letters on the machine that newspaper men use. This is how the letters looked. E-T-A-O-I-N-S-H-R-D-L-U. Let us take the last six of these letters, said the men, and give our dog a newspaper name. That is how this newspaper dog got the name of Sherdloo. One day the men in the newspaper office found a little puppy in Sherdloo's bed. The men all said Sherdloo had a beautiful baby. The day after that the men found not one little puppy, but eight little puppies in Sherdloo's bed. They did not know what to do with so many puppies. They started to think of names for them. Now the head man in the office did not like dogs very much. He thought the men in the newspaper office were all too, taking too much time to care for one big dog and eight little puppies. So he said they could not keep the dog any longer. The mother and her puppies had to go. The other men did not know what to do. They loved the dogs very much. They wanted the dogs to have a good home. So one of them wrote about Sherdloo and her puppies and put it in the paper. When the people in the town read the newspaper, they wanted to see the dogs. So many people came to the newspaper office to see the puppies that the office was full of people all day long. A picture of Sherdloo and her eight little puppies was put in the newspaper. And every day one of the men in the newspaper office wrote something about Sherdloo and her family. The people in the town read about Sherdloo every day. The man who was head of the office knew that many people were reading his paper. He showed the puppies to everyone. He said nothing about the mother and her puppies having to go. Sherdloo's money. Sherdloo and the men in the newspaper office took care of the puppies. They grew and grew. They ran around the office and got in everyone's way. They barked when people came into the office. Eight lively puppies can make a lot of noise. Sherdloo and her puppies ate a lot of food, too. Every day the men at the office put money in a box. Then one of the men would go to the store and buy food for the dogs. It took a lot of money every day to buy food for Sherdloo and her puppies. Then the men, man who was head of the office and who did not like dogs said, A newspaper office is no place to bring up a family of dogs. They eat too much and they make too much noise. The dogs have to go. Then the men at the office made a place for the puppies in the backyard. All the boys and the girls in the town came to see the puppies. But the puppies barked and made a lot of noise. One of the men put a box at the door of the newspaper office. Just over the box he wrote, Sherdloo and her puppies must have food. Put food money in this box. At once, the people put money in the box for Sherdloo and her puppies. The children put in their money. The men at the newspaper office put in some money. 
Every day there was a lot of money in the box. There was much more money than they had to have for the dog food. What should be done with all that money? The men at the office said that Shardlou should have money in the bank. So the men at the newspaper office took the money to the bank and put it under Shardlou's name. More and more money was put in the bank every day. The man who was head of the newspaper office did not say anything, for everyone in town wanted to know about the newspaper dog who had money in the bank. Then one of the men at the office wrote something and put it in the paper. It said, Please help me. Sherdlou is my name. I am a mother dog with four little boys and four little girls. I cannot think of names for my puppies. Please help me. Send to this newspaper four boys' names and four girls' names for my puppies and send your name, too. If I give one of my puppies the name you sent to me, I will send you a dollar. Many, many boys' names and girls' names came to the newspaper office. The men had to find the best names, and when the puppies had all been given their names, Sherdlou gave each boy and girl that that thought of one of the names, a dollar. There was more and more money in the bank for Sherdlou. The men at the office got pretty new collars for the puppies, who were getting big. Every puppy had his own collar with his own name on it. Then the men took a picture of Sherdlou and her family. The picture was put in the newspaper, and under the picture it said, Who will give one of my puppies a good home? There were many people that wanted one of Sherlou's puppies. After a time, each little boy puppy and each little girl puppy had a new home. Only Sherdlou was now at the newspaper office. By this time, many people knew the newspaper that had a dog with the newspaper name of Sherdlou. They knew about Sherdlou's eight puppies and her money in the bank. The head of the newspaper office, who did not like dogs, said that the newspaper office must keep Sherdlou. Rags No one wanted the little black dog. The man that he lived with did not love him. Many a time the man forgot to give him anything to eat. Now the man had been gone for two days and the little black dog had had nothing to eat for all of that time. But most of all, the little black dog wanted someone to love him. His big black eyes watched the men that walked by, but no one looked at him, for he was not a pretty dog. His black hair was short and his tail was too long. He walked on only three legs and one back leg had been hurt by a car. There had been no one to care for him and so the leg never got right again. The little black dog was in a yard and he wanted to get out. So he got under the gate and out into the street. He ran down the street on his three legs and he could run as fast on three legs as most dogs could run on four. The little black dog ran down the street. He came up to a man with the happiest face that he had ever seen. It was such a happy face that the little black dog stopped and jumped up on the man and barked. The man stopped and looked at the dog. You funny little ragamuffin, said Tom Hilton. Where is your home? Do they call you Rags? Rags jumped and barked. He tried to tell his this kind man with the happy face that he had no home. He tried to say that he wanted to stay with Tom Hilton. Rags, said Tom Hilton, you must go home. I cannot play with you now. I am on my way to work. Then Tom Hilton went on down the street. 
but Rags ran right behind him. Rags was not going to let his kind friend go. When Tom opened the door to an eating place to get something to eat, Rags went right in too. Rags sat at Tom's feet as quiet as could be, and pretty soon Tom put his hand down and gave Rags some meat to eat. It was the best dinner Rags had ever had. One of the men in the eating place said, Hilton, what are you going to do with your dog when you fly the mail plane tonight? And then the man put his hand down and gave Rags some more meat to eat. Rags wagged his tail and barked to show how happy he was. I cannot get this dog to go away, said Tom Hilton. He doesn't look as if he had a home. Maybe I will have to take him with me tonight. Maybe he will bring you good luck, said the man at the eating place. There are times when every pilot for an airplane could use a little good luck, said Tom Hilton. Regs did not know what the men were saying, but they were kind. They gave him good things to eat. Rags was very happy. When Tom Hilton went out of the eating place, Rags was right behind him. Soon they came to the mail plane. Everything is all right for the takeoff, Mr. Hilton, said Bill, as he put the last of the mail onto the plane. Tom Hilton got into the plane and looked to see that everything was all right. Rags jumped and jumped, but he could not get into the plane, and then Rags began to bark. His friend was going away, and he wanted to go with him. Tom Hilton looked out of the plane. Rags, he said, you don't want to stay behind, do you? How would you like to fly the mail plane with me tonight? Hand him up, Bill, and I'll take him with me. And that is how Rags went on his first airplane ride. He thought it was a very fun ride. There was a big noise all the time. Sometimes Rags thought he was going up, and sometimes he thought he was going down. But he didn't care as long as he was with Tom Hilton. Rags went to sleep, and when he woke up, the plane was on the ground. Some men were taking some of the mail out of the plane and putting some more mail into the plane. One of the men said, You're right on time, Hilton. Yes, said Tom Hilton. The mail always gets there right on time. I will be flying over the mountains now, but I will be right on time getting into New York. Rags cried a little, and Tom said, So you woke up, Rags. Come on, and we'll get some milk to drink. Well, that's a funny-looking black dog you have with you, said one of the men. He's all right, said Tom. He's my good luck dog. And Tom went and got some milk and gave some of it to Rags. Then Rags and Tom got back into the plane. The noise started. Up and up they went. It was very dark. The noise went on and on. Rags was just about going to sleep when he heard Tom say, Well, what a time for that to go out. Here we are, trying to get over the mountains, and I just can't tell how far up we are flying. Rags did not know the words, but he could tell things were not right. So he cried a little. Everything is going to be all right, Rags, said Tom. We will just go up a little more so that we will get over the mountains. The plane went up and up and up. Rags did not want to go to sleep now. The plane went on and on in the dark. Rags, I think we are over the mountains now. I think we can go down, said Tom. Rags wagged his tail in the dark because everything was all right with Tom. Down went the airplane, and then something happened. There was a great noise. The airplane hit something. Then the airplane hit the ground. The door came open, and Rags found himself on the ground. It was very dark, 
and Rags could not see a thing. He hurt all over. Rags, the hero. The mail plane had come down at night in a field with trees all around it. Rags, the little black dog who was with the pilot, fell out of the plane. Rags wanted to find Tom, the pilot. He walked around in the dark, but he could not find him. He hurt all over every time he tried to walk. He tried to bark, but Tom did not come to him. At last, a little daylight came. Rags could see a great black thing that once had been an airplane. He thought that maybe Tom was over by this great black thing that looked so big. He got up on his three legs and walked over to it. Then he found Tom in the grass. Tom did not move. Rags licked his face and his hands, but Tom did not open his eyes or say anything. The sun was way up when Tom opened his eyes. Rags licked his face and barked. Well, said Tom, where are we? I hurt all over. But you little ragamuffin, you are all right. We must both be lucky. Rags did not know why Tom did not get up and walk. He barked and barked, but Tom did not move. Then Rags knew that something had happened to Tom. Rags ran a little way through the woods, but he could find, find no one to help Tom. Then he ran back to Tom and licked his face. It's no use, said Tom. I cannot move. Go get someone, Rags. Then Tom shut his eyes and did not open them again. Rags licked Tom's face, but Tom did not move. Then Rags was very much afraid. Rags ran through the woods. He found an old road. He ran down the road. He hurt all over, but he ran on and on. Then he came to a field. He saw a man and some horses in the field. Rags was afraid of the horses, but he ran to the man and barked. Where did you come from, said the man. Go home. Rags ran a little way into the woods. Then he ran back to the man and barked and barked, but the man could not tell what the dog wanted. Go home, little black dog, said the man. Rags ran back to where Tom was in the grass. Tom's eyes were shut. Rags licked Tom's face, but he did not open his eyes. Then Rags heard some men. The men were coming through the woods. I heard it on the radio, said one of the men. A mail plane did not get to New York this morning, and they say that the pilot had a little black dog with him that he called his good luck. A little black dog came out of the, these woods this morning as I was going home to lunch, said the other man. He barked and barked at me. I did not know what he wanted. Rags barked and barked, and the men soon found Tom Hilton in the grass. We must get this pilot to a doctor, said one of the men. One of the men had a blanket. They carefully put Tom on the blanket and carried him through the woods to a farmhouse. Rags tried to walk with them, but he could not keep up. He hurt all over. He cried a little, and one of the men put Rags on the blanket with Tom. When they got to the farmhouse, they called a doctor. The doctor came and took care of Tom. When Tom opened his eyes again, Rags was right there. The first thing that Tom said was, Ragamuffin, now I know you are my good luck dog. Yes, Ragamuffin is your good luck, said the doctor, for you would have been done for if the men had not found you. Before long, there were men from a newspaper office who came and took pictures of Rags and Tom. They called Rags a hero, but Rags did not care at all about being a hero. He was happy just being Tom Hilton's good luck dog. Tatters 
Five years ago, Robert was going to have a birthday, and he was going to be five years old. The one thing that Robert wanted was a dog. He didn't want any new playthings. He wanted a dog to play with. Mother and father thought about getting Robert a dog. We cannot buy a dog, said mother. We do not have the money. If a dog has no home, said father, he is taken to the dog pound. Sometimes there is a dog at the dog pound who would like a good home and who would be a good friend for a little boy. So father and mother and Robert went to the dog pound. And as soon as Robert saw Tatters, he fell in love with him. Tatters was not a very pretty dog. He didn't have much of a tail and one ear was hurt. He was black and white and not very clean, but his big brown eyes were just asking for someone to love him, and Robert loved him as soon as he saw him. Now Robert was ten years old, and Robert had a little sister, Susan, who was three years old. Robert played with Susan, but he liked to play with Tatters best of all. Tatters had been the best kind of a family dog. He had looked after Robert when he started to school. When Susan came, Tatters loved her very much. He looked after Susan and watched that nothing hurt her. One day father came home and said, We are going on a vacation. We are going to drive out and see some places that we have never seen before. Then what a good time the family had. Mother got their coats and other things. Father and Robert put into a basket the things to eat. And Susan and Tatters ran around the house getting in everyone's way. Tatters did not know what it was all about, but he could tell that the family were very happy. We are going to go on a long ride in the car, said Robert to Tatters, and you are going with us. Tatters was very happy, too, when he was in the car with Robert and Susan. Father and mother got into the car, too. Then the family were off on their vacation. After a time, they came to a beautiful lake by the road. Let us stop here and have something to eat, said Mother. Then we can go on and find a place to sleep for the night. Father stopped the car. He took out the basket. Mother put out the food, and Robert and Susan and Tatters thought it was the most fun they had ever had. After they had eaten, Father said that he thought he would go to sleep under a tree. Mother and Robert put things back into the car, and Susan and Tatters went off to see what they could find. Everything was quiet for a time. Then Tatters started to bark. He barked and he barked and he barked and he barked. Please keep that dog quiet, said Father. I want to go to sleep. I got tired driving so long. But Tatters would not stop barking. Tatters is only playing with Susan, said Mother. Tatters is playing in a funny way with Susan, said Robert. He is running around and around, and then he jumps at Susan and pushes her to the ground. Father knew that Tatters was trying to take care of Susan. He jumped to his feet and ran to where Susan was. Tatters was barking at something in the grass. It was a rattlesnake. Every time that Susan started to go to the rattlesnake, Tatters would push her to the ground. And then he went around and around the rattlesnake, barking as hard as he could so that the rattlesnake would watch him and not bite Susan. Just as father got to Susan, the big rattlesnake bit Tatters. Father picked up a big stick and killed the rattlesnake. Father knew that a rattlesnake bite would kill Tatters. 
if they did not get him to a doctor right away. Mother said we must find a doctor for Tatters. So father put Tatters and the family into the car. He went as fast as he could to town and found a doctor. For days, Tatters had to stay with the doctor. But at last, Tatters got well. He is looking after Susan and Robert again. And Tatters, the dog that came from the dog pound, is a very happy dog. For his family love him very much. The Ball Player When Jerry was ten years old, his big brother Ben gave him a black and white puppy for his birthday. Big brother Ben had said, Shut your eyes and hold out your hands. I have a surprise. Then Ben had put the puppy into Jerry's hands. Take good care of him, said Ben. When he grows up, make a, he'll make a good ball player. Ben was a ball player on the big team of the town, and Jerry thought that someday he himself would play ball as well as his big brother Ben. Then he would play on the big team, too. Jerry took good care of his puppy, and Spot grew into a big dog. By the time that Jerry was a year older, Spot went everywhere that Jerry went. When Jerry's birthday came around again, Ben gave Jerry a new ball and a bat. I want you to learn to be a good ball player, said Ben. A good ball player has to learn to throw the ball. A good ball player has to learn to catch a ball. And a good ball player has to learn to bat. Ben showed Jerry how to throw and how to catch the ball. And he showed him a lot about how to bat the ball. Jerry played ball with the boys at school, and he played ball with the boys after school. Jerry was always playing ball. Now, Jerry did not always catch the ball when it came to him, and Jerry did not always bat the ball just where he wanted it to go. Jerry would say, Spot, get the ball. Spot would run and bring the ball to Jerry, and Jerry would say, Good dog. One day, Jerry got a letter from his big brother. It said, our team is going to play at home on Sunday. How would you like to see the game? You can sit with the players and bring us luck. This letter will get you into the ballpark. Your brother, Ben. Jerry waited and waited until Sunday. He told all the boys at school that he was going to be with the team. He was going to bring them luck. Then Sunday came. Jerry went with his brother, or with his letter, that would let him into the ballpark. He sat with the players. He was going to bring Ben's team good luck. But what about Spot? Spot was very unhappy. Jerry had tied him in the backyard and had said, Be a good dog, Spot. I will be back soon. Spot knew that it was time to play ball. Jerry always played ball on Sunday in the lot behind the house. And how could Jerry play ball without Spot to help him? Spot pulled and pulled on the rope that held him. Then he bit the rope. Pretty soon he bit the rope right through. He ran out of the backyard and ran to the lot behind the house. But there was no one there. Where was Jerry? Spot ran on down the street looking for Jerry. Spot had gone a long way when he came to the ballpark. Spot heard the people calling, Play ball! Play ball! Spot just ran through the gate into the ballpark. He looked around him and knew that this was a ball game. Spot knew just what to do. He always helped Jerry play ball. Spot ran right on the ball field. He watched the ball. He wanted to get that ball if it fell on the ground. 
The people who are watching the ball game saw the little black and white dog on the ball field. Everybody laughed. Then Spot heard, Get that ball! Get that ball! Spot saw the ball on the ground. A man was running after the ball, but Spot could run faster than that man, so Spot got the ball. He did not like the man who was running after him and calling to him, so Spot ran down the field. He wished that he could find Jerry so that he could give him that ball. The people at the ballpark laughed and laughed. Many men ran out on the ball field, but Spot could not let anyone catch him. He looked for Jerry, but he could not see Jerry anywhere. Then Spot saw Ben. Spot ran to him and put the ball down at his feet. Ben picked Spot up and carried him off the field. He put the little black and white dog into Jerry's arms. Hold your dog, Jerry, said Ben. We cannot have a dog on the field. And then Ben laughed. Our team will have lots of luck now, he said. We have a boy and a dog to bring us good luck. A medal for Billy. One day Billy got a letter. It was from the mayor of the town. The mayor asked Billy and his dog Jason to see him on Saturday at three. Billy asked his father about the letter, but father only said, Well, Billy, you and Jason had better be there at three. You don't want to keep the mayor waiting. Billy asked his mother about the letter, and mother said, Oh, Billy, have you and Jason done anything? No, no, said Billy. Jason is a good dog. Sometimes I do have to tie him in the backyard to keep him from swimming over the river, but he never hurts anything. Billy went out into the backyard to find Jason. He sat down by the big dog. Jason put his paw on Billy's arm. Jason wagged his tail, and then Jason stopped wagging his tail and looked up into Billy's face, for Billy did not look happy. Jason, Jason, said Billy, have you done anything that I don't know about? Sometimes I don't know what you do when you swim over the river, but you have not gone over the river for a long, long time now. Billy's backyard went right down to the river, and Jason liked to swim in the river. He liked Billy to throw sticks into the river. Then he would swim out and get the stick and bring it back to Billy. Sometimes he would swim over the river. Billy and Jason walked down to the river. They could see on the trees where the water had come up to some time ago. The river looks pretty now, Jason said to Billy, but it did not look pretty on the day of the big flood. That was the day the river tried to kill you. Billy would never forget anything that happened on the day of the big flood. It had rained for days. He was going to school. He went back into the backyard to tell Jason goodbye. The river was up to the grass in the backyard. Jason ran up and down. He barked at the river. He would jump into the river and try to swim. But the river ran so fast that he could not swim very well. He would come back to the grass, and then he would bark at the river that was coming into his backyard. Father came out into the backyard to look at the river. The river was being, has been rising many feet, said Father to Billy. I wish that it would stop raining today. I would not like to see the river flood out the town like it did when I was a boy. I have heard Grandmother tell how the water came right into the houses, said Billy. Yes, said Father. The river went away over the road, but the new banks 
The people of the town have put by the river will keep the water from getting into our houses again. Jason does not like the river to come into his yard, said Billy. You had better tie Jason to his doghouse, said Father. I am afraid that he will try to swim in the fast-running water. Billy tied the rope that was on the doghouse to Jason's collar and said to him, Be a good dog, Jason. We will go for a run as soon as I come back from school. Jason looked very unhappy. He went into the doghouse and went to sleep, and Billy went off to school. At lunchtime, it was raining so hard that the children did not go home. Mr. Jones came with a big basket of food. The children thought it was a lot of fun to eat lunch at school, but Mr. Jones and the teacher did not look as if they had been... They thought that eating lunch at school was fun at all. And Mr. Jones said to the teacher, Someone will be here with a wagon. Take all the children with you. The river has been rising all morning. But the banks will hold. No water will get to us. Billy heard what Mr. Jones said to the teacher. He thought how far the river had been up in his backyard when he went to school and thought how his grandmother had told him there had been four feet of water in the house when the river had flooded. And then Billy thought of Jason, tied to his doghouse. Billy started for home. No one saw him go. He ran home through all the rain. There the water was, up over the road by his house. Billy went right into the water. The water was deeper and deeper as he went around the house to the backyard. Jason, Jason, called Billy. Where are you? Where are you? But Billy did not hear anything but the noise of the water and the fall of the rain. The water was deep now, but Billy had got around to the back of the house. Then he saw the doghouse in the water, and the doghouse was coming at Billy. Tied to the doghouse was Jason, and Jason was swimming to Billy as fast as he could swim. The big dog was very, very tired, for he had been swimming in the water for a long time. Father never knew how Billy got Jason and the doghouse out of the water and onto the road. For as soon as Father had found out that Billy was not with the children from the schoolhouse, he too thought of Jason tied to the doghouse, and he knew where Billy had gone. Father got into his car and went home as fast as he could. Sometimes the water was over the road, but Father got home. There, sitting in the road beside the doghouse, was a very tired boy with his arms around a very tired dog. Now Billy and Jason looked at the river. No, Jason, said Billy again. We will never forget that flood. Then Billy heard his mother calling him. Billy, you and Jason had better get ready to go. You don't want to keep the mayor waiting. Come, Jason, said Billy. I have to take you into town with me. What do you think the mayor wants with us? I know you are a good dog, Jason. Nothing the mayor can do to us will be like the time I had to get you and your doghouse out of the flood. When Mother and Father and Billy and Jason got to see the mayor, there was a big surprise for Mother and Billy. Father had known about the surprise all the time. There were a lot of people that Billy knew. The mayor put a medal on Billy. The mayor said, Billy, all of your friends want you to have this medal. You did not think of yourself when you went into the water to help your dog, Jason. We think that you are the bravest boy in our town. The people made a lot of noise and Jason wagged his tail. He knew that Billy was very, very happy.